and welcome back to the GOATS Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dave. I'm Javon. And we have returned. Football is back. So we are back. So, hey, we, we are one week in the preseason. I watched a lot of football this weekend. <laughs> More preseason than I've never watched. <laughs> that is actually true. I've never watched as much preseason in my life. But there was one moment Thursday night, Phil and I were watching TV, and we looked at each other and went, that's good. That's good. <laughs> well, let's get things rolling. A reminder, guys, we want you to call. We want you to message us. We want to get those questions so that we can get them answered from anywhere in the world. Yeah. Uh, we can, gave you extra time. We did. We did. And you all failed us. It's pretty pretty disappointing. Uh, but, hey, well, well, we'll keep on rolling. So, remember, Anchor app, just push the button or give us a call at 707-474-4897. Uh, leave a voicemail and we will probably play that stuff unless it's really, really stupid. Or offensive. Yeah, I, I might play it. <laughs> I'm okay with offensive. All right, let's get things rolling with real football news. So, Duke Johnson finally had his wishes granted. He was traded to the Houston Texans. So, uh, what's that mean for Nick Chubb? What's that mean for Lamar Miller? I think great news for Nick Chubb, honestly. Uh, Nick Chubb is going to have an amazing first half of the season where he can fully cement himself as the go-to running back in that team, give them the ability to trade away uh, Hunt when he's back. Uh, I think this is good for Nick Chubb. Lamar Miller, not so much. So do you think uh, Hillard has a shot of stepping up these first eight weeks, right behind Chubb? Hillard, uh, I mean, maybe as a backup role, but he's not going to get a significant chunk of touches like uh, Duke got. Mm, fair enough. And I think Lamar Miller has always just been the, hey, someone has to take the ball yeah. on that team. Uh, never been really done. Donta Foreman, never. I mean, the Achilles injury aside, just never could take it from him. Do you think that Duke Johnson can steal Lamar Jim Miller's job? Yeah, if you can stay healthy, that's that's really the big thing with Duke Johnson. Uh, I mean, there's nothing special about Lamar Miller, so why not Duke Johnson? I mean, they have two undrafted running backs, two there that look kind of good. We'll get to that later. But that that's a committee, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Duke Johnson's already hurt. His hamstring, I think, is busted. <laughs> so. so where does Duke Johnson end this year? Is he a running back two? Is he lower, higher? No, I think he's a spot flex play every oh, okay. once in a while. So running back three, four. Yeah. yeah. All, right, all right. Sorry, Phil. Was hoping for something better for you there, buddy. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, well, here's what I'll say. I don't think you can be confident in playing Duke Johnson most weeks. Maybe if Lamar gets injured, something like that, then there's more confidence, obviously. But as things stand, I wouldn't. Okay. Fair. All right, well, let's talk about the trade that really affects us and our lives. <laughs> J-Med said Christian Kirk to Nick for Aaron Jones. Uh, this is the upside trade of the year. Someone's <laughs> going to be right, someone's going to be wrong, probably. Um, now, I know, Jubong, you are not a fan of Christian Kirk. Yep. Uh, you just seen Hakeem Butler's gonna steal his lunch or something. <laughs> He's uh, bigger than him, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he drops balls right back to him like he did this preseason. Well, he still has lunch, then he'll drop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Aaron Jones, the man who is by far the best running back in Green Bay, yet can't seem to take the job. Yeah. So, I mean, personally, I would rather have Aaron Jones. I, I think the new management staff there is, is gonna be smarter and will realize that he is the best running back they have. Although the the, the word out of camp is, oh, we're going to be a committee, which sure. I don't understand. Um, obviously, I know Nick has been wanting Christian Kirk for a while. You, If you listen to the pod, Father, you understand. <laughs> but I, I, mean, I like Christian Kirk. I think he has a chance of being the number one Arizona. How useful the number one Arizona is. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think Aaron Jones, if he could be the number one there, that's a huge opportunity. 
uh, over there in Arizona, it's going to be a spread the ball offense. You know, the number one sure will be, will have a good fantasy season, but I don't think he's a wide receiver one, even if he is for sure the number one in Arizona. Who would you rather? Oh, uh, you'd rather have Aaron Jones. Yeah, well, I was going to ask the question, though. I'm like, wait, that's a question. <laughs> All right. Let's shift gears. Let's talk about preseason. Um, unfortunately, I think we all know whenever the sleep notification comes, we get terrified that one of the following things might happen. And this week's big losers are Jermaine Curse. Oh, what a heartbreaker. Yeah. He worked so hard to get back in, and he's done. Not a big deal for fantasy necessarily, but yeah, sucks for the man. Yeah, and then the one I think does affect somebody, sorry, J-Mac, yep. but Kiki Cutie looks like he sprained his MCL. It may not be that bad. I think he might be back week two, week three. It shouldn't be t- terrible, but when someone's considered injury prone, it gets scary when it happens in preseason. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, MCL, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's one of those injuries that kind of lingers, even when you're back and playing. Like, that's one of those things where you're not 100% until you give it a full, you know, few months to rest. So, uh, I think he will be forced back in, especially with Will Fuller's injury history. He may be called upon earlier than later, but yeah, it's not good news. Man. Houston, fun team. Everybody's hurt on that team already. Look at that. Dude. Yeah, that's dude. Dude. That's true. Oh, man. So, how, how, how much preseason football do you think you watched? Oh, man, too much. I, mean, I, I probably hours. watched probably like three hours worth. Yeah, yeah, I watched, okay, I watched almost three full games. Oh, my gosh. Plus, I made sure to watch highlights from every single you game. You watched three full games? Well, not full, full. Like, okay, yeah. so I watched the second half of the Lions-Pats game. Okay. I watched the second half of the Cardinals. Who they play? Oh, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. I watched the second half of the Cardinals game, and I watched part of the Kansas City game. I watched okay. part of the Rams game. Okay. So that probably all together was like three hours. Plus, then I watched all the highlights. Because I wanted to make sure I knew what I was talking about for you, our listeners. <laughs> That's how, for you. That's how committed I am. Now, we're going to go into the preseason games. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. Let's go ahead and start this with the million disclaimers you need. It's week one preseason. Yeah. You can look like the best player on the field because you played against my uncle who got to play this weekend. Like, there are no good defenses out there. There are no great offenses Not to mention, just keep in mind, like, training camp is just underway. Like, they're just installing the offenses and the defenses. Like, they are not scheming for these players. Like, anything good that happens in the preseason has to be taken with a grain of salt. All right. Disclaimer stated, let's start with the quarterbacks because I think that's really the highlights of this year's draft class. Yeah. Uh, starting was a good, hey, Kyler Murray looked amazing for his first drive. He completed every throw he made. He did manage to get sacked once behind that <laughs> terrible offensive line, which I think we could expect for this year. But I think you got to be excited if you're uh, Arizona or if you're Brian. Yeah, we saw a little bit of the offense. We saw him spread the ball around, you know, uh, pick a few targets. Uh, I liked what I saw out of him. The other quarterback that actually had a really great game, Woo! as much as it hurts me to admit this, <laughs> Daniel Jones. Um, maybe he was worth a draft pick after all, but again, preseason. Uh, yep. He went five uh, five completions for 67 yards and a touchdown, completed every throw he made. Eli sucked. Daniel Jones looked good. I mean, what can you say? Again, second and third teams probably, but hey, they might have something. Yeah, it just makes me hopeful for the timeline, right? Like, if he shows well in the preseason, what that means is the coaches have confidence in him. So come week four, five, when Eli's struggling, they can kind of slip him in there. If, if he does this for a couple more games, they will have a legit controversy. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Which will just be fun for the rest of us. <laughs> I'm behind it. I, hey, let's go for it. Why not? Um, and then I... Oh, I see what you did here. No, no, no. <laughs> he is a rookie. Honestly, he, he, he was 
the second quarterback. He played at the end. Like, Hoyer had most of the snaps against anybody who could actually play. But Jared Stidham did look really good. Yeah. He played a great second half. He, you know, 14 for 179, threw a touchdown, got some ground yards, looked composed, looked evasive. I actually thought he was really good in that second half. Yeah, quite honestly, when I was watching him, I was like, oh, man, like, did the Pats do it again? Like, take a, a late-round QB who's, like, a winner. You know, he didn't have all the measurables in college. He didn't have all the all the great talents around him. But he was a winner, and he was a leader. And 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 that's the same thing that I was said about Brady, even though he fell to the sixth round. So yeah, I mean he looked good. I'm not saying Jared Stidham is Brady, obviously. No, of course not. But looked good, looked good. I I was just I was pleased with what I saw. That's yeah. all. Good, showed good anticipation, showed good touch. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Well, that that covers the good. Let's talk about the bad. Oh. Dwayne Haskins. Oh my, oh my god, that was so bad. Yeah. Eight for 117 yards. He was sacked twice. He was intercepted twice, and he never threw a touchdown. I had such high hopes for Haskins, especially, you know, drafting McLaurin, who's been a lot of good news at the camp, but he, he needs to be better than he was in this game. Yeah, I was low on Haskins, and uh, I'm not saying I'm validated off of one preseason game, obviously, but he did not look very good, uh, especially the two picks. I mean, I mean, showing that kind of uh, bad decision-making uh, hurts you really early on. Yeah, those were terrible. And then <laughs> Drew Locke was technically better than Dwayne Haskins, but <laughs> it didn't look good. I mean, it's, you know, it's a situation he's in. But he did go 17 for 180. He was sacked. He threw an interception. But unlike Haskins, he actually managed to get a touchdown. <laughs> it wasn't pretty, but it could have been worse. Yeah, whatever. Start your Flacco. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what a great situation to be in in Denver. <laughs> All right. So outside of the quarterbacks, I I know it wasn't much. It's hard to say what happens in preseason, but I feel like the Bears got exactly what they wanted with David Montgomery. He evaded a few tackles. He made a couple of receptions. He he was the wild card on the field that you weren't expecting. It looks like you're getting what you advertised. Yeah, yeah, not much to say. I mean, in limited action, he looked decent. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, he didn't look amazing. No one thinks David Montgomery's amazing. Yeah. But he looks to be doing what they draft. That's true, so, that's true. That's hey, true. cool. He's not the kind of player that will flash on film. He's not the kind of player that's going to, like, do an amazing cut or, like, stiff arm the hell out of somebody. He'll just bounce off tackles and, and get four or five yards. And catch the ball a couple times. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. That, that's what you saw. So I, I, I thought that was good. Um, Darwin Thompson had a night. Um, of course... It, it, it hurt me watching Carlos Hyde play so much at first. And then I found out that Damian Williams wasn't even playing, so it made me feel a little better. But, yeah, well, I mean, preseason. Yeah, I mean, he caught a, a 29-yard touchdown catch, Darwin Thompson did. Uh, showed some good bursts. I mean, I mean, you know, it's nice to see. For sure, for sure. Okay, let's talk about probably the only week you can really fo- uh, focus on these guys. It's the only time they get to play. There were a few undrafted rookies this week that looked awesome. Um, Elijah Holyfield, he had uh, two touchdowns. He did fumble early, but I think the, somebody's helmet hit the ball. Mm. Looked pretty good, and, I mean, it never hurts to have that extra running back depth. Yeah, two touchdowns, it's nice to see. But on nine carries, he only had uh, his longest run was 11 yards, which, like, that's Elijah Holyfield. He's not going to run for more than 11 yards. Yeah, time. no, I mean, he, he, <laughs> he had a terrible combine. He's not that explosive. Yeah. But running backs never hurt. They go through so quickly, it's nice to have. Yeah. Um, Preston Williams, Miami. I think mm. he had a really good game. Sure. Um, sure, he was working with Josh Rosen, who 
it was crazy. He looked like he should have been sacked. That ball should have been intercepted, <laughs> and yet Preston Williams came up with it. It was a crazy play. Yeah. But, you know, other than that, yeah, it was cool. I liked it. Yeah, these are the players I like to kind of watch for. Uh, players from new regimes, recently drafted, you know, the, the coaches went and got them. Uh, I know Preston wasn't drafted, but still he, he was a priority unsigned free agent. Uh, these are the players I keep my eye out for. They have no loyalty to Stills, Albert Wilson, Devontae Parker. They have no loyalty to these guys. So why not Preston Williams? Yeah, no, for sure. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think uh, Shoddy actually ended up picking him up in oh, the nice. draft. I have my eye on him, not going to lie. <laughs> and then if we're going to talk about undrafted rookie, we have to talk about Jacoby Myers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had six receptions for 69 yards in honor of Gronk, plus mm-hmm. two touchdowns. I mean, amazing. Now, there's been a lot of buzz from him coming out of camp. Yeah. Uh, Belichick singing his praises. And if you know Brady, he can have two slot receivers. He had Amendola. He had Edelman. Like, he'll make it work. So I could see him sneaking in, especially if he can do some special teams. Yeah, Belichick has a good track record with these undrafted wide receivers, you know. Uh, so, again, why not? It's just someone to keep an eye on for sure. Um, the question is, can he beat out Dorsett? Can he, I mean, obviously Nikhil Harry is safe, but yeah, yeah. Who, who's he going to kick off the field? Maurice Harris? If he kicks someone out, it's going to be Dorsett. Uh, they play different roles. Dorsett's the burner, right? He yeah. goes out, you need Harry to step up or you need Gordon to come back. Yeah, yeah. Really, I would love if Josh Gordon came back. I think, you know, I heard that when he made his appeal to the league on reinstatement, he just shipped a picture of Tyreek Hill. <laughs> <laughs> What's worse, a little bit of weed or breaking your kid's arm? <laughs> yeah, like, come on, come on. Free Josh Gordon. But anyway, so, you know, if the burner, burner role is going to be between the two of them, I don't think Jacoby Myers is in play for that, but Brady would love to have two great slot receivers. Yeah. So I think they could make it work. We will see what happens, though. Okay, so... That kind of wraps up week one. What are you keeping an eye out here for the remaining three weeks of preseason here, Juvon? Yeah, there's a few cool storylines to go over. Uh, Mike Weber and Tony Pollard both look kind of good, and with Zeke holding out, I'm kind of interested to see who's going to win that backup role. I think Mike Weber is more of an every-down back, but Tony Pollard is certainly the more dynamic, pass-catching kind of guy. So I, I think in the previous pod, I said if, if Zeke was out, Weber would be the guy that I would choose. Uh, so I, I'm interested to see how this battle plays in camp. Yeah, I think a lot of people were in Tony Pollard because he's a new hotness. Yeah. You know, everybody saw him in drafts. You know, everybody said, oh, you know, if something happens to Zeke, and then all of a sudden Zeke is in Cabo eating guac and chips yeah. and you know, drinking margaritas all night, and we're like, okay, Mike Weber, Tony Pollard, okay. And, you know, Mike Weber, he used to be exciting. He had a great combine back in the day, but nobody's really thought about him because he's behind Zeke. Yeah. I think I agree. I think it's going to be Weber's job, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. Uh, another big question, is Richard Higgins a thing? I mean, he had a great game. He looked awesome yeah. in that Cleveland game. I, I watched part of that game, and Higgins took that game over. But, you know, Odell didn't play. Uh, did Jarvis? Play? I, don't I don't even think. So. I, did, yeah. I never heard his name. So, I mean, I know Baker only played a few things. So, I mean, we'll see yeah. what happens. But he definitely flashed. I, I definitely noticed that. Yeah, I mean, he... He was playing with the ones. He caught that touchdown from Baker on that first drive. Like, yep. that means something to me, actually. Yeah, that was definitely interesting. Yeah. So, uh, did you catch James Washington at all this weekend? Yeah, yeah. I saw his game, uh, 444 and touchdown. He looked pretty dynamic. Uh, I, I, yeah, that's super interesting because, as everyone knows, the Steelers love the pass. So, that number two wide receiver role in, in Pittsburgh is a huge role. And I think people are just assuming that's going to go to uh, Moncrief. But... Why not James Washington? They drafted him in the second round last year. 
He looked pretty good. I, I think people are assuming Moncrief because James Washington didn't really take that yeah. step last year. Well, but year. I think, yeah, I think, I think we're spoiled with Steelers receivers. They get Antonio Brown, they get Juju, who are just monsters right away. Well, I guess Antonio took a little Antonio while. Antonio took a while, yeah. But, like, we're just, after Juju, we're like, oh, they're going to be great off the bat, and James Washington take a little while. So I could definitely see James Washington stepping up. Yeah, well, who's that, who's the guy that they drafted in the second round this year? Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson. Yeah. We'll see. Well, I'm just saying, like, that's, that number two spot, that's a huge battle in camp. Yeah, so, uh, Brian, you're going to have a tough decision to make. Which number two Steelers receiver <laughs> will you play? Decisions, decisions. Yeah. Probably the most consequential question, other than maybe the Mike Weber, Tony Pollard one, is uh, who's going to be the number one wide receiver in San Francisco? I mean, everyone's assuming that's going to be Dante Pettis because he had a pretty good year last year. He looked dynamic. But, man, Jalen Hurd and Debo look good in the game. Uh, I've long said in this podcast that I think Debo Samuels is going to steal his job. Mm. I think I'm, I'm, I feel even more vindicated on that. I was just happy to see Hurd involved. I was yeah. afraid that Hurd was going to drop the number three behind the two of them. You know, I picked up Hurd in this draft, but if he takes the number two role in that San Francisco offense, I'm quite happy. Well, it's interesting because they're all such like different beasts, right? Like Hurd is like the height, weight, speed guy. Debo's like the, I'm going to just out muscle you on every play from the big slot role guy. Like, there's a, there's a space for all three of them on the field at the same time. Yeah, especially if they turn Hurd into a tight end, which I'm <laughs> considering doing. He's that big. <laughs> that actually might be a good job kiddo. for him. Yeah, yeah, well, let him just... M- a move. I, know, I, yeah. know, I mean, I was going to say a move tight end, but Kittle's a move tight end, yeah, so yeah. I guess you have a point there. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I mean, I just want Hurd to be on the field a little bit more so my draft pick is worth something. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I hear Dante Pettis has been really disappointing lately. I never... I, did he even play on Thursday? I don't think so. Actually, it wouldn't have been Thursday. They played over the weekend, but anyway. Um, yeah, I don't think he played, so... It'll be interesting to see how things turn out there. Yeah. All right. So... For the next four weeks, we are going to have one last segment in this podcast. I feel the most important segment. We are going to be recapping Hard Knocks. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I think we have to start with the elephant in the room, Antonio Brown. <laughs> the man froze his feet. They talked about the foot injury on the show, but they never mentioned what happened until, like, the next day, everybody came out on ESPN, like, yeah, no, he, he got into a pyrogenic freezer without anything on his yeah. feet because he's really smart. What? The, I mean, that alone, like, th- that was so bad, we didn't even talk about the fact that he came in on, on a horrible, that, that hot air balloon thing was so Antonio Brown, and then fly like a, like a butterfly sting like A.B. Like, hey, I thought it was funny. <laughs> He so worked on that no, all course, summer. That was planned out. He was with his boys like, yo, what if I say this? Oh. And then what really killed it was, was yeah. that he had to explain it he when he was dead. Right if he had just let it slide, it would have been okay. <laughs> but when he explained it, it really knows That was fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, weird that episode was the whole thing about how, like, his foot is injured, but he won't go, like, half speed or something like that. It's like, well, Dude, I don't... He looked the trainer dirty when the guy said slow down. I don't understand what's not wrong with this guy. Uh, he, he, he's Antonio Brown. Uh, and, alright. He's... Let's move on. Moving on. Um, one of the good things about Hard Knocks is you can get a good feel for coaches. I yeah. remember when the Rams did it their year... Watching Jeff Fisher made me be like, oh, this man's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. I was a little impressed by John Gruden. He, mm. I mean, granted, at this point, it's all speeches, so yeah. we'll see what happens. But I did enjoy the whole everybody has dreams right now speech, you know, dreams of going to this, dreams of making in the NFL, of winning a Super Bowl, of being in the Pro Bowl. 
well, I'm not into dreams anymore. I'm into nightmares. <laughs> Chucky himself. I loved it. I thought that was a great quote. I don't know. I, I, I really look forward to seeing if he's got it, if he's actually a really good coach, or if he's just the color commentator I've been seeing the last few years. Yeah, I didn't see him really do any football talk, so I couldn't judge on that. Very true, very true. I will say Derek Carr yep. was straight. Like, he's just so uptight. He just... The dude wants to look good on camera. He's very aware that this camera's on him. He's trying, sure. he trying to get a Jake Cutler show? Is that what he's trying yeah, to do? Yeah, maybe, maybe. And, like, the way he's with his kid, like, oh, what are you going to do? Go take the ball. I'm like, yeah, you're going to cry talk. about it? That's not how you talk to your yeah, kids. Seriously. Like, I know you're trying to look like the tough dad, but come on. And, and how, like, hurt he was about the whole, like, oh, did you put baby oil on your arms thing? He was like, no, I swear, sunscreen, guys. I'm I like, forgot about that. Dude, like, thing. why are you so, so yeah. Amazing. And then, yeah, like, I think it was at the dinner, he talked about how, like, oh, my kids are going to earn their, like... Yeah, yeah. Chill out, dude. Sure, we sure. all know this is an act. Yeah. Ah. Well, <laughs> all right. Outside of that, guys, I think the best part of Hard Knocks is always the rookies. Yep. I was heartbroken that we did not see Josh Jacobs. Yeah. I was sure we see him. Um, and then, real quick, I want to talk about Jonathan Abram. He just needs to shut up. I mean, first of all, you can't, even if you are a first round pick, you can't say to the coach, you can't cut me. Yeah. I mean, like, Gruden was so taken aback at that moment. I don't know if it was because he knew he was right or he <laughs> couldn't believe the kid would say this. That was so unreal. I mean, it's hard, it's hard, because, like, for a DB, they have to have that attitude, like, I am the man. And you saw him on the field, he was making plays. Like, yeah, he was good. Kid, the guy can play. But, I mean, then the other thing was, like, when they went out to dinner, and he was like, oh, you get the money, the car. Yeah, and, that's true. Yeah, then yeah. talking about salmon versus salmon. Like, yeah. who's a salmon? Who cares? Yeah. But, like, it's just like, dude, you're a rookie. Shut up. Like, <laughs> he, he was driving me nuts. Yeah. Um. Now, one thing that took me for a loop, Hard Knocks loves picking those fringe rookies who may or not make it. And that's what I thought Ronald Ollie, that kid from Netflix, was gonna be. Mm-hmm. I was shook when they did when they just kicked him the first episode. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I mean, I watched Last Last Chance U. Uh, he's the same kid. He just doesn't work at his craft, and and he he supposedly had a ton of talent, but tried to get by on that alone. And, and he saw in this episode he quit early. Yeah. yeah, he just didn't want to do it. Like he wasn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I I completely like. But no, I think it was like rude me because like if he doesn't want to be here, get him out of here. Yeah, right. So absolutely. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, any 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 other rookies standing out that you want to root for early? Or? <laughs> yeah, I just love Hunter Renfro. I, I I put in the doc. No one should have to endure your boss creepily hitting on your girlfriend like that. That was a little creepy. Was <laughs> it girlfriend or wife? I don't. I don't I think know. it was his wife. Okay, either way. Yeah, he, Come he on, was Gruden. a little little little, yeah, that, on, little me too moment there for poor Hunter Renfro, Mrs. Renfro. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that about wraps it up. Um, oh, and the best line of the episode. There's no whining in football, but every August, football comes to wine country. Come on, Hard Knocks, we can do better. Yeah, especially <laughs> since next year, probably won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, well, that wraps up our episode this week. Um, we'll be back next week to talk more preseason, to more talk hard knocks. more Hard Knocks. Woo. Can't wait for the Goats Fantasy Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Jubong. See you next time.